Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and I'm along with... Tyler from On The Spot Sports. And today, we have a very special guest. We have our first female athlete, Nadia Taylor. Nadia, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, for sure. How's uh quarantine life treating you? Um, it's going pretty well. You know, a lot of my schedule it really hasn't changed much. Um, a lot of online lessons, so my my pretty my weekly schedule. Um, I just pretty much transitioned all of my kids to online. So, um, and, and more than anything, just that morning time, being able to kind of sit and meditate, kind of get into my Bible a little bit more. Um, and then kind of go right into the lessons around 12 or 1 until about 9 p.m. So. Uh, that, at least it didn't change that much, but it must be hard getting used to the the virtual sessions, though. Uh, well, the cool part is, is when I played in Japan, um, I actually did a little bit of virtual group stuff. Um, and I was able to kind of get into the it's not like it's not like you have to like really get used to it since you've been doing it for a while now yeah so that's that's the cool part is i'm actually having a i'm probably going to have a seminar in about a week um just to help some online coaches uh online teaching and some coaches with uh, virtual sessions coming up with a system on hey this kid needs to work on her lower half so this should be the focus hey this kid likes Yeah, so you uh, just recently opened up a sports performance facility, so um, how's that going for you? It's going really well. Um, just a lot of uh, setting up and getting my weights in, all the nets, everything set up, got my TVs up, got my hit tracks, a lot of my data um, systems are set up, human tracks, um, to help with movement, movement things. And so it's great. Um, the kids love it. Congrats on that, and I'm sure it'll be a big hit once uh, everyone's able to get back in the back in the gym. Then, uh, so let's go back to like your early childhood. So you grew up playing uh, softball and basketball. What made I? What made you decide to fully commit to playing softball? Um, I would say what happened was early on, I committed to Texas, like going into my ninth grade year, and so. I was still playing select basketball for the Houstonians, and I was playing softball for Houston Power and Impact Gold. And so the, the, the schedule was crazy, and there's an immense amount of tournaments, an immense amount of weekends where I was going from basketball jersey to softball uniform, the you know, 
Um, and I also played, you know, basketball in ninth grade. I was on varsity, and we actually went to state. And so it was pretty cool, you know, experience to play, you know, at the highest level in ninth grade in basketball. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm already committed to play softball at Texas. I have to continue to play, um, you know, at least in high school. And it was a huge blessing being able to play, you know, college basketball my fifth year. Coach Aston, and you know it's unfortunate that she won't be a Longhorn anymore. But um, that coach changed my life, and you know I'm forever indebted to her. You know, being able to play college basketball because it's my first love. Yeah, can you briefly explain or just go into detail of how specifically that coach changed your life? Well, I would say just being able to get a grasp on you know matching out and optimization, right? I think a lot of times coaches, they coach they coach the kid enough, right? She pushed me past my limits mentally, physically, um, being able to get that one extra breath, being able to, you know, finish practice strong, being able to be present. And I think a lot of times as an athlete, take pitches off, you know, take shots off, take plays off. And what tends to happen is, is we lose those games by one point. We lose those games, you know, by one run, you know, a mishap on a on an error, taking a playoff and so many times, you know, I can remember, you know, to take off, I was I wasn't present. You know, I, I swing at a bad pitch because I wasn't present. And so she allowed me to really grasp control of my my overall performance and and I think in turn allowed me to level up as a you know yeah for sure so do you uh use some of those uh things you learned from that from your coach to uh, when you're teaching the kids that you teach absolutely um i think a lot of the principles you know i have a little team and you know i get excited about them um, i actually have a workout with them after this you know they're a bunch of you know, 10, 10-year-olds that I've had since they were six, um, giving them hidden lessons, and I really instilled in them early that, hey, we're going to play the game the right way, you guys are going to go hard, or I'm going to dismiss you from my lessons. You know, your parents, you know, pay great money for you guys to get this instruction. I don't care if you're six. You know, you focus in school, you know, you have discipline there, and so I think early on, Coach Clark, you know, at Texas, who was my softball coach, Still, you know, discipline, integrity, respect, and teamwork. So, dirt is what she called it. And so, I live by that. Um, I make sure my younger athletes, um, they really focus when they're in lesson and, you know, become technicians young, right? So that when they are 12, 14, we're not having to worry about, hey, this is how you're supposed to throw a ball. This is where your back knee should be at contact point. This is where you should be at extension point, really programming them younger now, right, which they're pretty good. We got invited to PGF this summer. Unfortunately, we won't be able to attend because of, you know, coronavirus, but those girls work hard. Um, they really focus on the details at 10. So learning early on that it's okay to develop and be focused and focus on the little details, you know, at 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, it will, you know, transpire and you'll have more success. 
Yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, I think it's very important that they that like younger kids develop at a younger age, and like learn like a uh, part like of like teamwork and like working hard like to like maximize how how much potential they could have. I think it's huge for them. A lot of times, you know, I was on a podcast with, uh, you know, the Bombers organization, uh, Scott, Scott Smith and uh, Lincoln Martin and uh, another hitting coach, Coach Salter. And, you know, we were just talking. A lot of times coaches overcoach kids and inadvertently they coach kids out of movements. You know, if a kid's moving well, um, you know, why, why adjust it, right? Let's just make it, let's enhance it, let's get it better. And so... I think overall, a lot of people are real big into the data and, you know, over-coaching kids that kids are now, they become mental head cases and, you know, they can't make adjustments for themselves and they're looking for validations on the data or the, you know, the blast motion or getting their numbers really high and um, set a focus on, hey, I'm moving well, um, my barrel's working well for the zone, you know, let's just yeah um about the you coaching your your kids what would you say is the biggest takeaway that you want your kids to have uh based off of what you teach them like what what's the biggest takeaway you want them to have from the overall experience of learning from you um i would say the overall Making sure you have a great approach and competing, you know, within those pitches, 
turn allow you to have the success um, that you want in the future. But you have to focus on right here, right now. Yeah, for sure. Those are really good points. And so uh, going back to like how you said you need to be a good teammate, obviously you're an inspiration, a role model for a lot of the younger generation. How, how important is it to you to be a good person and work around the community? Um, I think it's huge, right? I think something as simple as, hey, you see that piece of trash, you know, on the field or, you know, someone drops five bucks, you know, are you going to put it in your pocket or are we going to go chase them down and give it back to them? It's, it's that integrity piece, you know, going back to learning that, you know, discipline, integrity, respect, and teamwork. I think my mom, Katie Taylor, um, instilled in, you know, very early hey, this is how we're going to go about our business. You know, you're going to have chores. This is the standard. And I think I live by that. Um, it's very important that I instill that in, you know, my athletes. As soon as they walk through the door, um, I tell them, hey, this is how we're going to go about our business. Um, those kids, they come back. If you don't come back, you know, you'll you'll leave and then you'll come back at some point uh, because there were there was value on, the conversations and the lessons that I taught you. Uh, so I think it's very important to explain to athletes that it's not all about the game. It's all about, you know, how you treat people, how you control what you can control, what I think controlling the controllables. A lot of us, you know, we want the instant gratification and, you know, with the, the world today, you know, athletes have, cell phones, you know, we got TikTok, we got Instagram, you know, TikTok, people are losing their minds on TikTok, you know, spending three, four, five hours on it, and to me, manage your moments, that means give yourself 15 push-ups, you know, five sets of 10, or, you know, get off of your tea, or read a book, get in your Bible, um, just be productive, I think being productive daily allows you to produce on the field. Um, and allows you to manage your moments. I almost feel like I'm wasting my time if I'm not doing something to improve myself. And so when you get athletes young, you know, even when they're a little bit older, that's what I try and instill in them is, hey, you know, I need you, you're coming in daily, you know, for 45 minutes or 30 minute lesson, you're getting the information, go work on it. You know, so what I find is I have a lot of my athletes text me, hey coach, I'm going hit, okay. If you don't hit three or four times before I see you, I cancel their lesson and I fill their spot. I don't want to take parents' money. I want to make sure that the athlete's getting better. And so um, teaching them integrity and discipline and accountability is huge. Um, I think a lot of times we take off for some athletes and we say, hey, you know, this athlete's really good. You know, let's not hold them at the standard. And what's going to happen, it's going to bite them and it's going to show up when we're in the weight room at 5 a.m. in college, when you didn't really have to eat, you know, your plate was given to you. And so just because you were an athlete and you were the best on your team, that stuff comes and bites you when you're a freshman and you're not getting any PT. So um, I think that's huge. Oh, I was also – I think you, you kind of explained it, but – does, does your daily, like, activities and whatnot, your daily routine almost, did you say that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, how you perform on the field or in practice? Yeah, 100%. I say, you know, 
how you wake up, you know, do you make your bed, you know, do you get yourself together, are you present, um, to me, I say look good, play good, right, so what tends to happen is, is some athletes, they rush to their lesson, and, oh, I forgot my batting glove, or they rush, you know, to a tournament, oh, I forgot my socks, well, to me, what I'm doing is all of my uniform, everything that I need that day is set out for the day before, because what did I do? right? I envision in my head competing at the highest level the next day. I think that's that elite level mindset that I'm trying to get the young girls at Tenu to understand, hey, you have to visualize. You have to see yourself performing in these big moments so that when it does show up, you don't panic. You don't fret. I think a lot of times when, you know, they say big players step up in big games, most players, they hadn't they hadn't got a chance to really compete in, at that level. They've, they've taken off too many pitches or they've never succeeded in a big moment because they don't see themselves as, as big players. You have to know what you carry. You have to know that I don't care if you're throwing 90. Like, you have to throw it over the plate. You have to miss. You have to throw strikes. So I'm willing to bet on myself. Um, and, and all of my chips on myself because I put in the work, I put in the time, right? When you put in the time, that's when the, the, the consistency, the confidence comes, the, the burning desire that if you hang it, I'm going to bang it. And it's just, you know, living by that. And um, what I try and do is instill that in my kids, like, hey, you are great. You're going to be great. And so um, it's huge. Yeah, so uh, going back to the mindset thing, obviously the game of sports is fun, but it also be immensely hard and frustrating. How do you keep like such a positive, men positive mindset when you're uh, struggling or if you're really into the grind? Um, I would say just going back and getting back in the lab, right? Um, a lot of times what tends to happen is, is we freak out and, yeah, we go work, right? But we're not intentional about our work you know, having a purpose when we go and, you know, maybe swing out of it. Um, I think a lot of athletes, what they tend to do is they overwork or they overtrain, but they're not necessarily working on things, right? So when I say that, if you know that you keep getting beat on an inside pitch, right, and you go to the cage and you're working on inside pitch, inside pitch, but it's not game-like, you're not working off of the machine with the closing rate and a real feel of live, you're just getting front toss. A lot of times on front toss or off of the tee, you can time yourself up, right? But in a game, you have that closing rate, ball gets on you pretty quick, your barrel gets stuck behind your belly button, and now you're in and out of the zone. Why not set up a tee, work on your contact point, right? And then from there, then we go a little bit of front toss, angle front toss, working on getting our barrel out front. And then let's get on the machine. A lot of people, I had a, a misconception on the machine. A lot of athletes, they don't like the machine because they can't time it up and they don't hit well off of a machine. Well, a machine is throwing the same pitch over and over. You should be able to barrel it. Same thing with a pitcher, right? She's not necessarily throwing the same pitch over and over, but her screwball is going to look pretty similar the first, second, third, fourth, that bad. And if you can't make an adjustment on that in the in the cage, then by God, why would we make an adjustment in the game? And so I try and stress to my athletes, 
have an approach when you go in the cage. Like, why are we just hitting balls down the left field line? Like, start middle, middle, middle away, working over the second baseman's head, and then work yourself to get back on time um, instead of just getting reps. And so the quality of the reps, not the quantity of the reps, um, matters. And I think athletes, oh, yeah, I'm working, I'm working, I'm barreling balls, but you're not working on your timing. You're not working on your approach. And so my challenge for all coaches is to make sure you don't just front toss, but you get in there and you have a plan for, for your athlete. And maybe your athlete tells you, hey, coach, I want to work on my late timing today. Um, going back to, I think, the last question, uh, you used your kind of slogan, if you hang it, I'm going to bang it. And I was yeah. instantly attracted by that. I honestly love that saying. Um, did you kind of create that or did, did someone met, like who was mentally like – or someone, a role model, use that for you? Because I, I, I love that phrase. Um, I would say somebody who influenced that quote was, uh, one was my dad. Um, he, he would say it. But another coach, uh, Casey Jackson, Impact Gold, um, you know, he, he had a, a swagger or about him. He still, you know, coaches. But, you know, he would say, you know, he would call me Kimfolk. He's like, Kimfolk, they hang it, you bang it. Right. And so um, that's something that I've stuck with. And, you know, I really believe in it. You know, if you miss a pitch over the middle, it's my job as a hitter to make you pay for it. Don't throw it there again. You know, so. Yeah, I, I also really love that quote. And like going off of like you as a hitter, you were uh, you played for University of Texas at Austin during college. And you're one of the most feared hitters. How How is that experience for you? And. What what made you so like good in the box and on the field? Um, I would say I was very much um, in college. I was very much a swinger. I was a swinger and a batter. I feel like currently I'm a hitter. So when you're a swinger and a batter, sometimes you free swing. You might run into a couple balls. Um, I had no sense of timing. So a lot of my success came from hitting a lot of balls, I would say middle, middle in that were, or missed pitches down the middle. Um, just really running in the balls and I, I worked hard. I was always in the cage, night and day, three, four hours a day, overworking myself, but had no sense of approach, had no sense of a timing, um, not really understanding the game. So not, you know, dismissing college, but I think now the information that I have and the understanding of what pitchers are trying to do to you matters, even in college or even in 10U softball, right? What are pitchers trying to do to you? And I didn't understand that, right? I knew a changeup was coming, but I didn't understand how to time it. Um, so if you threw me a fastball, I was going to drive it. If you threw me something hard, hard, middle, middle in over the plate, I was going to bang it. And I think um, early on, um, when I was a freshman, you know, people didn't really know me, right? So they're throwing me what I wanted. I would say sophomore, junior year, um, didn't really understand the concept, still hit some balls hard, still did really well. Um, and then my senior year, I kind of started to understand, okay, they're throwing me a little off speed. Let me take this, you know, over the right fielder's head. And so uh, really just coming into your own and learning early that, you know, it's not always about the long ball, 
but if they do miss, you have to hit it hard. And um, so my ultimate goal in college, my mindset was to just hit the ball hard. Just hit it hard and go ahead. Oh, um, so you said obviously you played at University of Texas, Austin, obviously a big 12 school, uh, Hook'em Horns. Who would you say was your guys' biggest rival or toughest competition? It could be in the Big 12 or just overall. Any Anyone that you guys have played? Uh, I mean, you got to say, I mean, OU, right? Um, yeah. I think that, you know, Coach Gasso does a great job um, the way she runs her program and bringing in, you know, quality athletes. Um, I think when I was a senior, uh, Chamberlain, you know, she was – you know, exceptional. I remember I was playing third base and I was, you know, talking a little trash to her. I'm like, you're not even that good. Um, and so I think the next day at bat, she like drops a tank and, you know, it's cool because we're friends now. She's my girl. Um, great person. Um, and also Kaylee Clifton is now my teammate, uh, exceptional person, a quality, uh, just quality human. Um, a couple other Shay Knighton, uh, we did a little bit of, uh, you know, catching up at the USA tryouts um, back in 17 and a couple other athletes, uh, just quality humans. I think she does a great job of, you know, instilling in her players uh, what she expects, you know, early on. And, you know, they're just great humans. And so a lot of those girls are, you know, my great friends and OU, they run a, they run a tight ship. Uh, what's funny is, you know, just being, you know, in that environment, you got your, your fans, you know, you move your bat. They're like, whoop, 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 whoop. I mean, it's probably the best environment. Uh, playing basketball at OU as well, and, and their facility was amazing as well. Great, great environment, uh, but tough opponents. Tough opponents, not only tough opponents, but a tough crowd. Um, also going to OU weekend, um, just – OU is very competitive, and obviously Texas is too. So I would say OU for sure. Yeah, so do you think you took a lot of these experiences and, like, your mindset to really help you when you went to the professional level when you got picked up by the Aiken Racers and now where you are with the Bandits and even in the Japan League? Yeah, I would say it's all about mindset. I think a lot of times um, is we – you know, we go through life and all these things are happening so quick. And now when you look back, you're like, man, you know, I did this that got me here. You know, I did this that got me here. And so just knowing that that was a part of my process, that was a part of my grind, um, you know, playing four years, you know, at Texas and then, you know, playing a year of basketball, really changing my mindset and, you know, working hard in the weight room and, um, just really taking my game to the next level mentally and understanding that the mental game is a huge part of your success. And I think a lot of time it goes, you know, unheard of. Like people are like, what's the mental game? The mental game could be a, you know, approach or, you know, how you get yourself together, you know, to compete at the highest level. And um, a lot of times we as athletes, we, we think that we're going to be great forever, right? But yeah. how do we get to that, you know, untamable level of, hey, I don't miss bitches anymore. Um, it's 
mentally believing in yourself and, you know, improving your performance in the weight room, film work. I'm real big on film and, you know, really breaking it down and understanding, you know, this is where my barrel launches, you know, when I hit 90% of my home runs, okay, this is where I need to stay. Um, so just picking up the film work or, hey, this is where, this is who we have to beat this week. You know, she's giving away, you know, she's tilting her head to the left, you know, when she's giving away her, her curveball. Okay. Noted. When that curveball shows up, you know, I almost have a cheat code on, hey, curveball's coming. I'm not missing that pitch. And so just, you know, learning to just improve daily, um, you know, as a young athlete, as a professional, taking care of your bodies, nutrition is, is huge. I feel a lot of athletes, you know, that goes as well, you know, people are like healthy salads it's not just salads it's about you know your protein shake you know really improving your muscle mass and you know your speed agility footwork your hip mobility your your patterning um you know your shoulder mobility all those things comes into play whenever you're you know trying to reach that elite level yeah so uh I've seen you. I've I've obviously seen you hit a lot of homers last year when you were at the Bandits, and I was an intern there. So I I think a lot of the key points you've been saying have definitely translated into how you're playing now. And uh, so you play softball overseas in Japan. So what is that experience like playing overseas? Um, I would say playing overseas a very humbling experience. Um, they play the game so fast they respect the game so much. And um, I think playing in Japan allowed me to just understand that it is about softball, but it's also about, you know, touching lives in, you know, other countries. And, you know, the way I go about my business, uh, you know, the bands and just how I go about my process, you know, they look at that and, you know, they take a piece and, same thing with those guys, right? They clean their cleats. We we rake the field. We, you know, clean everything after practice. You know, so practice starts at 3 p.m. We might not finish or leave until 8 p.m. after we've cleaned everything. And so, or 9 p.m. Uh, so just understanding that the value of going and seeing how um, they play the game there and how fast they play the game has allowed me to come back and be a better player, be a better um, person, be a better coach. Learning different tactics and understanding that it's okay to play the game a little bit different. Let's add this in. Um, they really are bought into uh, what the um, J Japan Softball League is is about um you know fans are there they're you know their heart and their soul you know rides on the team and so it's just it was really cool to just be involved in the environment like that and you know people are yelling home run home run and like these people depend on you like you know they feel that they're in the box with you and so it was just awesome to experience that as a professional um in a different country uh i think that it's awesome to, you know, maybe take a note on how they go about their business there and um, really getting the fans involved. Uh, you know, Bain, they do an exceptional job of being able to 
sign autographs after the game. And they did the same thing before and after games. So I think in order our league and just the overall game to grow, it's going to take it's going to take taking a page out of I would say the Japan softball league's book. Yeah, so we only have a few more minutes left on this call, but I want to get to this. Uh, you've said a lot of stuff about your family, and so family is obviously really important to you and the success you've been brought on. How's your uh, and your brother's also in the NFL and draft right now? So how's like your relationship with like all your family and your brother and with like the NFL draft and all that? Yeah, um, it's pretty cool. Uh, it's definitely a blessing uh, for him and. Uh, he went to the uh, combine and did an exceptional job, um, especially, you know, had a Liz Frank injury uh, first game of the season at Ole Miss. And so, um, you know, he just brings me so much joy on how much he stayed grounded and, you know, stayed steadfast, um, you know, committing to his process and not necessarily focused on, you know, the outcomes. And uh, he's just done a great job, handled himself like a real professional, um, it's very exciting to see that, you know, the draft is, you know, not this weekend, but next weekend. And I'm excited to see what his fate, uh, what will happen. I think that, you know, he brings a lot of value to teams. You know, he's a huge back, um, great character, um, you know, finishing, you know, runs forward. And obviously I know football, but just does a great job blocking and uh, can, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield, which is all – you know, great, great tools uh, for, you know, success in the NFL. And so I'm excited for him. I think, you know, family's excited, uh, mom and dad and sister, you know, we've been, you know, behind them, you know, the whole way. And I just go back to those early mornings uh, having to catch a flight Saturday mornings for the games and then flying back Sunday mornings for lessons all day and then go to church. And so, it's exciting to see that, you know, it'll be on Sundays now. And so um, we're excited. I think that he'll definitely be playing on Sundays. Yeah, that, that'll, be, that'll be fun for sure, especially for you guys and being able to travel maybe with him and see a few games. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm one of those sisters that's like, hey, I'll call him like, hey, how you doing? How you feeling? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm like super – I'm there early. I'm watching him warm up, you know, when he was at Memphis, you know, I'm like, okay, he looks good today. You know, <laughs> hammies look warm, you know, like I'm like on the field. And yeah. so he loves it. It's kind of cool. Uh, he, he wrote me a note, I don't know, maybe his freshman year. And so he was like, you know, a lot of what you do and how you go about your, your business motivates me. And so just being an older sister and an older, older sibling, it, it makes me feel good that, you know, I'm, I'm helping with the mindset and just the positive energy of just maxing out daily and trusting what you do really well and worry about how you go about your business and, and being present on how you go and do things and you can be successful too. So I'm excited for him. Yeah, for sure. And it seems, and you're obviously a very supportive sister, so that'll, that'll get him far for sure. And it'll get you far for sure. And so uh, I believe we have less than a minute left on this call, but thank you so much, Nadia, for coming on. It was a true honor to have you on and we learned a lot and I'm sure our audience will get 
get a lot out of this. So thank you so much for coming on and we really appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks for having me guys. Yeah, thank you on. so much, Nadio. Good luck this season and we'll be sure to get out to a few games this summer as well. Awesome. Thanks, Jack and Tyler. Yeah, no problem. See you, Nadia. You're welcome. Thank you again to Nadia Taylor for coming on from the Chicago Bandits and the NPF. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And we'd also like to thank Miss Called Podcast, Colby, Sauce. You guys are awesome. Thank you guys for letting us do this Female Athlete Month with you guys. And hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a really fun one to make. And hope you guys get a lot out of this one because there's a lot of information that you guys can all take out of this one. So, peace.